So I'm Bule Daukwong, um, co-founder of CRE Venture Capital. We are a seed stage focused fund investing in tech-enabled businesses across sub-Saharan Africa. Been around for about four years, initially started as the first sub-Saharan focused angel network. We were Africa Angels Network, um, rebranded to a full-on VC fund from the lessons we had learned from angel investing and really focused on the venture capital side given the opportunity we're seeing across the continent. So. Over the past four years, we've invested in over 27 companies across Sub-Saharan Africa, so one of the most active VCs in the region. And I'm um, happy to be here today speaking about Yoko. And so wh- where would you call home base? What's home base for you guys? So home base, is that's a great question. It's almost the most accurate answer is probably seat 17B out of an airplane. Um, we, we, we registered in the U.S. from a fund perspective. We're based in Johannesburg. Um, that that's where I spend most of my time, but we really are cr- focus across sub-Saharan Africa. Um, in terms of our investor base, our investor base is predominantly U.S., but also comes from Europe and Asia. We're seeing quite a lot of interest from the Asian region actually growing in terms of what's happening in the ecosystem here. But um, we we really live out of an airplane between my partner and I. And so, what's your investment thesis? So our investment thesis is, is pretty simple: is a Look for tech businesses that are solving big problems. We really want, I mean, if a perfect example today, we looked at Yoko. So we're one of the early stage investors in Yoko. When we first invested, I think the number was South Africa has debit and credit cards of north of 70 million, but only processing capacity of 15% of that. So when a business shows you that kind of data and you realize these SMEs that need to enable credit card and debit card processing, Yoko is saving a good problem. Next after that, we really want to back legendary teams. So we, we've realized that management together was solving a big problem on the formula you want to, you want to work with. Um, stellar, stellar team in terms of working with Yoko when you look at the four founders and you look at their complementary skills. And that's what it really takes. And then you know you've got a good market size. You know you've got great founders together with what we believe is a great product. That's what we believe it takes to, to, to have really scale businesses. So do you have any other poster children as part of your portfolio? What other successes would you point to as, you know, as part of what uh, you guys have done since you began? Well, it's still early days. Um, As I said, collectively over the two investment vehicles before years, this current fund is about two years, but we we have some good portfolio companies that probably one of the ones that's been highlighted a lot. We're one of the first investors in Andela. Uh, Andela, as you may know, is a talent accelerator. Um, last year, was fortunate enough to attract capital from the likes of Mark Zuckerberg, Google Ventures, Spark. So as we, because we the capital that comes in early, and as we able to prove out the thesis together with our portfolio companies, when you start seeing this later stage globally recognized institutional capital coming into play, it's really validation of what we are doing together with our portfolio companies. Um, payments has also done a lot of success for us if i look at companies so aside from yoko which we've already discussed flutter wave which is a new company we recently invested in also doing pretty well um attracted some great capital as well which will be announced quite shortly um we've done stuff in the travel sector we've done stuff in logistics we've done um yeah education is probably a great vertical for us and in terms of region let me talk a little bit about that so I'd say 80% of our high-scaling startups are currently in Nigeria and in South Africa. Um, that's where we're spending most of our time. And how much capital do you guys have deployed? How much do you have you raised? Um, 
uh, and is sitting in wait. I suppose I'm, I'm, I'm sort of priming anyone who's looking for money to know whether they should come knocking. And then how much have you actually deployed to date? So we're managing about $10 million at the moment. Um, we've deployed probably about 40% of that. So we're always looking for great companies and regions, um, solving big problems with legendary teams. So founders can always reach out to us. I mean, we, we have the website. You can reach us on info at cre.vc. We really like to, as I said, the key thing is show us you're solving a big problem. Show us you have a stellar management team. And lastly, you have a phenomenal, phenomenal product, be it hardware, software, we have a software bias. But um, that's more scalable in our opinion. Okay, so a lot of people in tech, but quite um, green on the nitty gritties of what it takes to find good um, op- well, good op- opportunities. There's much said about um, the quality or lack thereof in terms of pipeline on the continent and how hard it is uh, to, to actually find uh, good opportunities at the right size. What's your approach? Uh, what's, what's your team's approach to, uh, aside from the pull approach, which you, you, I'm sure they, you get tons of letters as well, or, you know, direct propositions and that aside from that, how do you guys go about finding talent opportunities and, and then what's the process in engaging it, uh, you know, to sort of sink your own funds in? So uh, it's a great question. I mean, I think, First and foremost, we're here to serve the ecosystem. So we spend quite a bit of time, not only with founders we've backed, but ecosystems in terms of developing them. So sometimes as we travel in region, my partner and I have this thing called Founder Fridays, where we'll get companies we've invested in to to invite founders that we haven't invested in or founders that are thinking about a company. And it's key to engage the ecosystem. So to your point, working with founders who are saying, look, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And us being very honest with them to say, look, what you sound is great, but this is not going to be a bigger than a $10 million business. For yourself, that may make sense. For external capital, it needs to be significantly bigger. So it's, it's, it's really about not only spending time with founders you've backed, but also engaging the ecosystems, doing interviews like this, speaking on panels. So as time consuming and traveling it is, it's very important to go on these right panels and just really be able to give back in terms of sharing the knowledge that we've seen, engaging with founders that we've backed so they can also share the stories. That helps bring more talent into the ecosystem. In terms of the, you know, the early stage ecosystem, what gaps are you seeing in the ability to uh, create a business case around a good idea or identify or, or or identify quite quickly whether or not there's a potential for for something to scale properly uh, to interest a, a, a partner like you so i think to the point i made earlier still some of the biggest problem is really understanding what size business needs to attract venture capital from our side we've got to believe that your business can be able to generate at least a hundred million dollars in revenue in the next five to seven years So when you're working into your financial model, you need to be able to plug that in, look at how much revenue your business can generate, and that's how you also know you're solving a big problem. So I think it's it's really spending time on your financial model. The second part, though, which I think is equally important, and having been involved in this early-stage ecosystem for over four years now, I still think founders need to understand more what is the institutional language. So by that, I mean packaging your story in a way that makes it easy for investors to understand. 
you often know more about your business as a founder than an investor. And the way you communicate that, it changes from how you communicate with an angel investor, venture capitalist, private equity, IPO stage. So we spend a lot of time with founders helping them market that story, telling better and helping them attract that later stage capital. And where do you go to learn this? Like, um, I mean, there's usually a, a steep curve in trying to just... Uh, you know, create a great business. You know what I mean? There's, there's, it's usually hard enough just concentrating on that. Well, is there a finishing school for <laughs> for knowing how to 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 pretty yourself up or and present yourself to to the investment community? I, I really wish it was that simple. I mean, if I look at myself, I, I came from an investment background. Uh, I was at Investec for ten years in various investment roles. When it came to early stage investing, it was a completely new language for myself. So I invested. I, I spent two years as a Kaufman Fellow, uh, which is a fellowship for venture capitalists based out of, of Palo Alto. And it was a, a two-year intense program. So learning that language, understanding it. Then it was up to me to say, okay, now I need to start instilling this in founders that I'm working with. So if we believe that a founder is solving big problems and they have all these things, how can we spend more time finessing this? Um, the other part that I suggest to founders, though, is really introducing them to founders we've backed before. So to sum up the question, the answer to the question, twofold. One, make sure your investor is also willing to work with you. B, handhold with someone who has done it before. So we encourage sometimes, like I said on Founder Fridays, getting founders like the Yoko guys who have done it before getting portfolio companies to reach out to them and say how did you guys do it that helps a lot and so just side note you mentioned investec i mean we recently covered the fact that investec is now by some reports the largest institutional investor backing modern day solar plays in the u.s turns out they've been quietly uh, providing you know structured finance for the segment of the market that is trying to claim the solar market one roof at a time and it's, it's actually quite difficult to you know for institutional investors you to usually traditionally back that kind of thing what sort of thinking do you think outside of the box using that as a springboard really uh, to talk about uh, you know innovation contextual innovation and, and doing what needs to be done for a, a certain context. What do you feel isn't being done in the context of sub-Saharan Africa? Uh, and what should be done uh, in, in, in terms of adjusting your expectation, perhaps as an institutional investor, a VC, perhaps an angel investor, thinking differently, perhaps less Silicon Valley-esque than you might normally in order to be of use to this market? So... Long, long answers to the question. One, I, I highly recommend to answer your previous founders to watch a documentary called Something Ventured on Netflix. And the key point I want to make is that often we look at the likes of San Francisco, New York, and all these ecosystems of how they are today. But we actually need to see how they were 40, 50 years ago. before Because we're in very similar situations now where we have this tech for lack of a word, disruption happening in these ecosystems. But people are trying to look at San Francisco today and expecting it to be a plug-and-play. How these ecosystems developed is that you had various stages of capital working together. So to your point, with the likes of the later stage of capital that are deploying the, the, these check sizes, they need to partner up with early-stage investors. One of the reasons Sequoia is so successful is because they work closely with Y Combinator. So they've got this early-stage backing that creates this talent that they can invest in early and follow on up to a later stage. 
the minute we start seeing that in our ecosystem where you've got these larger pools of capital partnering and larger pools of capital, I mean corporates, I mean funds. So you've seen the corporates VCs happen in the U.S. You're starting to see it here a little bit with the likes of MTN. But those starting to partner up with early stage people who are on the ground backing these entrepreneurs early, I think that's gonna what's going to create that energy that leapsfrogs this ecosystem even further. And so is that your model uh, with, your, with your VC? Are you plugged um, to upstream institutional investors? Are you guys totally independent? What's the pros and cons of both situations? So we've spent a lot of time thinking about how A, we set up our fund and B, who we collaborate with. So... What we've done in terms of our investor and our LP base, um, limited partners, which is essentially investors in our fund, we've spent a lot of time reaching out to the best. So in terms of the leading U.S. venture capitalists to invest in our fund. So if we look at, for example, Steve Case, co-founder of the founder of AOL, he's one of our largest investors. You've got um, David Cohn, founder of Techstars. You've got Union Square Ventures, one of the partners there, Albert Wagner. Um, Brad Felt and his partners out, out of Foundry Group, including Seth. So what that does is that it brings knowledge to us and we can bring that knowledge to our founders. So my partner and I have this rule that we want to go from six degrees of separations to one. When you have a brilliant LP base, you can do that for yourselves and, and for your partner and for your portfolio companies. Then when it comes to a perfect example today in terms of capital collaboration, it's important for us to know when we've invested in a company because we focus on pre-Series A, who is going to do that Series A, Series B. So we have various venture partnerships or collaborators from that. So Quona is a perfect example that's invested today um, and made the announcement in Yoko. Various later stage capitals that almost see it as a validation that CRE is in because they know how much work we put into work with our portfolio companies. So it's becoming easier as we've as we've performed and show um, how we excel through our investments to build these relationships with the latest stage partners. And so the mechanics of the business model to our listeners who probably want to understand how it is um, you benefit from coming in early with something like Yoko and what that looks like as people come on board and what your um, hopes might be in terms of exiting and, and at which point you actually sort of cash in. So twofold, the, 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 the very obvious one is the capital appreciation side. So by coming in early, yes, there's more risk. Um, but as and when this company grows, be it from rounds of fundings, be it forms of IPO, we're obviously seeing capital appreciation in what we in, in called unrealized gains. But what we really enjoy about coming in early is working with the founders. So yes, they are the driver of the bus. We are in the seat next to them, guiding them of where we've turned left and right and what we have done that before. And some, at some point, you want to get off the bus, let's be honest. <laughs> at some point, yes, you want to get off the bus and obviously when that IPO happens. But the ability to be there in the bus with them, guiding them is absolutely key at an early stage because sometimes you find later stage companies that haven't had people sitting in, in, in the bus with them. Therefore, those exit potentials start being harder. They start thinking about it too late. You've got to start thinking about liquidity from a very early stage. And what that means is institutionalizing your business from a very early stage. So we have that ability by coming in early, thinking about corporate governance, thinking about how you've structured your board. All those things need to happen soon. And sometimes, unfortunately, founders leave them till too late and it's harder to exit. And so why the secrecy? Uh, there's so many of these wonderful announcements we're hearing. Um, but we're not, I mean, there are many, there are enough that do let us know what, how much is involved. Is it, you know, is it a seed round? Is it, you know, 
why why is that important and why is that problematic in your view so a i don't think it's important b i think it provides more of a distraction than anything i think people start being fixated on the amount start boxing the company of where it is even the term series a series b starts preconceived ideas i'd rather focus on the results the business is doing <laughs> only because we don't have time and we're not going to take you on on that but thank you so much for talking to me uh pule uh, and uh, is that first time on the African Tech Roundup? Look forward to having you on again. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.